to the Evolvepreneur Secret Show for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Brian Silverthorne. And it's always my mission to help entrepreneurs make a difference in their business and to navigate the sometimes messy worlds of growth, startup, or relaunch. And today we're going to dig deep with our guest and get you the best concepts and strategies to fast track your business. And our special guest today is Elsa Mitchell. And Elsa helps women in business thrive by providing the clarity they need, the community they need, and implementing the foundations they need in order to make the impact they want. So that sounds like a very ambitious undertaking. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I'm happy to have you here. I'm anxious to learn a little bit more about you and what you do. So why don't you uh, start off by giving us your background and what got you to this position in the world and what your current focus is? Well, I've got a pretty um, uh, uh, broad and varied background, I guess you might say. Um, (laughs) um, I actually started out as a hairdresser. I owned a hair salon for 14 years and uh, still one of my favorite businesses of all time, just a good old fashioned bricks and mortar business. Um, And uh, in amongst all that, I owned a building company with my now (laughs) ex-husband and we built uh, high-end luxury homes. And one of the things, I mean, those two uh, two businesses couldn't be any more different, right? (laughs) (laughs) One was full of women and one was full of men. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And uh, what I noticed was that uh, it didn't really matter what kind of business you had. They all need the same basic foundations um, in which to grow from. So, and I always kind of had more of a love for running the businesses as opposed to working in the businesses. I don't really, I'm a bit of a loser and I don't have a lot of hobbies, (laughs) 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 Uh, which is an ongoing joke around my household. I'm like, this is my hobby. Uh, It's what I love doing uh, and is learning and always learning the ins and outs of what makes a business tick and all kinds of businesses because it's a really fast-changing world. Uh, So it's a lot of work to keep up, I think. Yeah, so after doing that, uh, I had a good friend at the time. Her name was Christy and... Uh, she <laughs> she was a bit of a geek and she was into SEO and building websites and she was really bloody good at it. So uh, we kind of teamed up and we were both actually blogging back in the day, which wasn't that long ago, uh, when blogging was a cool thing to do. <laughs> and I was one of the few people back then that was blogging for my business. Everybody else was blogging to be a cool blogger. Uh, and I quickly figured out some stuff, I guess, that was really good at helping me grow my businesses online. Um, and so Christy and I decided to team up and I thought, what a great idea. Let's have a third business. And we started traveling around Western Australia, um, because I am a farm girl. I grew up on a little sheep and wheat farm, um, in Wheatbelt, Western Australia. And I have a real love for regional and rural businesses. So Christy and I started traveling around uh, regional WA and we were facilitating digital marketing workshops for the businesses out there. 
and we loved it and it was amazing and we had some really good experiences. And so I decided I wanted to go all in on becoming a business coach and mentor and um, coaching and mentoring businesses online. And I still love, because I am very old-fashioned, I still love, love, love showing up in person for live events, which has obviously been a tricky thing to do in the last couple of years. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Yeah, and so really, really sadly, um, my beautiful Christy passed away last year and um, – that was a bit of a life-changing moment for me where I just went, fuck it. Um, and, you know, I went all in on um, just working as a business coach and mentor and doing what I wanted to do. Okay. So your your hairdresser business, that's gone? Did you sell that or? Uh... Yes, I sold that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so and you had, you had it built so it was a, a decent asset and had value then. That was a fantastic business. The problem over here in Western Australia, not just for hairdressers, for everybody, is finding staff. We sh- there's such a major staff shortages. Um, but it was a brilliant business and always will be one of the best decisions I ever made. Uh, <laughs> people are really vain. You know, there's that lipstick economy everybody talks about. It's a real-life thing because when – Times get tough and I own that business when there was the GFC and then um, obviously with COVID hit, it actually turned out um, for us over and and not bragging because I know a lot of people really struggled, but for over here in Western Australia, it went nuts. Businesses absolutely boomed. They made a shit ton of money. So I still had my salon for the beginning and it was crazy. Like I was doing the months that we were doing Christmas throughout the middle of the year. So people but in hard times uh women will fire their house cleaner they will fire their psychologist they will leave the hairdresser last on the list they'd starve they'll eat baked beans (laughs) yeah uh, i i can't speak from uh, personal experience (laughs) i I can certainly uh, understand how that would be people underestimate the power of a little corner hair salon i can tell you that right now (laughs) <laughs> yeah so um that is sold to answer your question in a million words okay great so what do you, what do you like most about what you're doing now now that you've made the transition i love uh i guess making a bit more of a difference you know what i mean like um <laughs> whilst um working in those other businesses uh the most joy i got out of that was building a team and you know, um, giving the best opportunities to my staff. Now I get to do that on a much, much bigger scale, right? I get to work work with as many uh, women as I possibly can, um, trying to help them make a big impact in their businesses and then they're there for their lives. So that's what lights me up. I don't like working from home. (laughs) That's not fun for me. But um, that's why I guess the in-person live events feel that that void for me so how when you say live events do you do you offer them to a a group of women entrepreneurs or is it within a specific organization and that organization's employees or a combination thereof a bit of a combination i've been contracted by a lot of local um like in the in the regional towns 
uh, they all have sort of government-funded agencies that get funding, right, to provide services for the businesses. So sometimes I'll get invited up to facilitate workshops, which are they're great because I don't really have to do anything. <laughs> I just have to show up and say what I want to say. They do all the um, organising and getting the people bums in seats. Other times I collaborate, right, with other um women in business so for example I'll be in Darwin um in the Northern Territory uh at the end of next month with two beautiful ladies up there we're hosting our own event that we've put together um so yeah a bit of bit of both okay well it's always good if if somebody else is as they say putting butts in seats a hundred percent and you get paid no matter how many butts are in those seats right. so that's always exactly. a win <laughs> So when you're when you're doing that on on your own, how do you uh, attract those people? How do they find you? Well, how do they find you for events, and how do they find you for individual help? Yeah, okay. So I'm a bit old school, in case you haven't noticed yet. Um, <laughs> and I've I've put in the hard yards with building a community, and I've done that online. And I and I a lot of my business is online, and so I use all the platforms and all the marketing hacks <laughs> but I also have worked really hard at just showing up um, and I think by with my a lot of my audience being regional and um, rural and remote they have a really solid appreciation for people that show up for them right so you build the good thing about people that uh, live in the country I don't know about over there in America but over here in Australia they're bloody supportive and they're fiercely loyal and there's a lot of power in that. So I have an ongoing joke that my mum, <laughs> one of the things I teach people around social media is don't underestimate the power of your mum sharing all your stuff on Facebook, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> my mum shares everything I put on Facebook or social media. And honestly, you would not believe the clients over the years that have shown up that I've gone, oh, my gosh, like someone from my childhood that has gone, yeah, well, your mum's always sharing your stuff, so I thought I'd better support you. <laughs> so you never know who your mum's friends with and you never know who that her friends are friends with <laughs> and what can come out of it. Um, so I have built my community, um, I guess, by showing up online. I, I'm, I show up online a lot. Um, but also showing up in real life, which not a lot of people do anymore, it seems like. Yeah. So I, I've, I have a strong, loyal following by t targeting those rural areas. And because I am a country girl, uh, I just vibe, I vibe with those people well. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, it sounds like you, uh, you, you've got a, an unpaid PR marketing person on your staff. <laughs> in your um, but one quick question, because I, I used to do stuff in, the, in front of groups and it was nice when other people, as you know, filled the room before I got there. Um, but one thing I've noticed, and, and maybe this is different in a rural area, in a, in a metropolitan area, there are so many other things going on. Uh, a lot of times people would make a commitment and even pay money and then not show up, um, mm. which as long as they paid the money, it was no skin off my nose. But um you know still you'd like to have them there so maybe and this is you can correct me if i'm wrong maybe in a rural setting since there is 
less to do and maybe they've got a, a different attitude about focusing on what they what they want to do and, and concentrating on it, that that gives you a higher percentage of people coming. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. That makes sense. Yeah, we have a thing that we um, are often saying in Perth, and that is events are hard because, um, you know, exactly what you just said, people, um, they pay and don't show up. And we always wondered if it was just a Perth thing. <laughs> but the irony is if there's an event over in Sydney and Melbourne, everyone's more than happy to jump on a plane and go over there for that event. I think because it's like, woohoo, we can um, have a tax write-off. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but, yes, it, you'd, you'd bang on right. In the regional and rural areas, they don't get a lot. They don't have the same access. And they, as much as they all are learning online, right, because there's, there's so much opportunity online now and, you know, even probably 10 years ago, I still can't get my head around seeing my dad on a phone in the middle of the paddock. You know, I just still think that's so funny. Um, <laughs> like their, their internet only got, like I used to have to walk around with my phone and this is not even that long ago. It's like five years ago, but they still, they love people that show up for them. And so they do show up to events because they love them and they love that connection and building those relationships. And they have so community spirited. There's a beautiful girl up in Broome, Felicity Brown, who I adore um she's a, a milliner up there she's traveled to new york been in new york fashion week many times she's this incredible lady and she shows up to absolutely everything because she said if you don't show up people will stop coming yeah yeah very very true yeah so do you have uh i'm sure for your salon and your your custom home business well business, so do you have uh like revenue goals or number of client goals or number of event goals that you want to accomplish in the next 12 months? Oh, yeah, don't we all? Um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it's been uh, uh, interesting having the, the different types of businesses and then, you know, l figuring out how to achieve those revenue goals and the differences, you know, like, um, in one respect, I'd have high wages and stock in one business and then, you know, less wages in a more online space, but then you've got all those bloody subscriptions and things you have to pay for, right? <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> Everyone loves to complain about the subscription fees. <laughs> so, yes, always setting revenue goals. Um, pretty big on you have to be all over your money. Uh, I've always kept my businesses with immaculate figures and I like to call them a well-oiled machine when it becomes to it comes to money because, I mean, how often do you see entrepreneurs uh, come unstuck because they haven't taken better care of their money? I've seen so many successful businesses that were iconic almost that have fallen apart because someone didn't pay their staff superannuation. I don't know if you have superannuation over there, but they didn't pay their staff superannuation for 10 years mm -hmm. and it's all gone under. So I think being all over your money is so important. And actually in my group online coaching, uh, I regularly bring in a money mindset coach to work with my clients around getting their money mindset right. Oh, that's good. That's a, that's a great way to do it. So yep. do you, in, in your, what relating to your personal or 
personal business goals, do you have any major roadblocks that you have to deal with that may be keeping you from where you want to go? That's a really good question. Uh, major roadblock. Yes. Um, I think, I think we all have <laughs> roadblocks and aside from uh, just the money mindset, I bring in mindset coaches for absolutely everything because the one thing I've learnt over the years working with women is quite often they'll be doing all the fundamental things, the foundations, and that's all working and they'll be like, Elsa, I'm, I'm doing all the right things. My social media is good. This is good. This is good. But I don't know what's something's just not quite working and quite often it is a mindset issue or some kind of block that I'm not completely skilled to unpack. So I recognize that sometimes it's people greater than me that need to do that. Um, but I think even for myself personally, one of the biggest things for me was uh, that imposter syndrome that we all feel, that real fear of what other people thought, um, which is interesting because I'm quite extroverted. But to be honest, the biggest thing that changed everything for me, and it's sad because um, no one else, you don't want anyone else to have to go through this to learn this lesson, but it was losing my best friend and business partner. I stopped giving a shit about what everybody thought when she died. And now I just show up as me, authentically as me. I swear like a trucker. Um, and <laughs> I just do that because I've learned as well when I'm – there's a really great copywriter over here, Jay Chris Crow, and I loved what she says about how if you see somebody online – you see them on Facebook or you see them on Instagram and then you're on their email list, you know, and you're seeing all these different touch points. Then you meet them in real life and they're absolutely nothing like what you thought they were going to be like according to what they'd put out there in the universe. I bet everyone can relate to that, right? Like I've met people and gone, you are so not what you show up as on social media. So I am very um, aware of showing up as me because I I want to make sure that when people get to that stage of being ready to work with me, they know what they're getting. I don't want to waste my time and I don't want to waste their time because, you know, they might sh finally decide, yep, I'm going to work with Elsa and then, you know, a, a week in they're going to go, she's a bit crazy and not for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. A lot of people have a persona that they think the world should see, uh, view them as, I guess. Uh, I'm kind of lazy. I, I, I just soon be me because it's easier. Um, and if it works fine, if it doesn't work, that's fine too. So it sounds yeah. like you're in that, that same area. Yeah. See, I'm going to shift gears real quick here. You mentioned in some of the preliminary information that you gave that you're thinking about writing a book. Is that true? Yeah, words are my thing. I'm actually, <laughs> I love, uh, obviously, but my history from blogging. But yes, I, I, I will write a book. Uh, I still can't quite land on what that book's going to be about. I think I have so much content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had quite the journey. Um, so, yes, I haven't done it yet, but that's my bucket list. I think okay. I will know when I've arrived at the right time to, to put that in action. Well, that makes sense. So if you write it, this may be a premature question, but 
would your intent be to make it a, a legacy piece to leave your knowledge and expertise uh, to put it out there for folks now and, and also for folks in the future? Or would you consider it a lead generation tool? Uh, probably more of a legacy piece, to be honest. I've had a pretty interesting time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be nice to have a little bit of both in there? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, there, there's nothing wrong with using a legacy piece as a lead generation. Yes, piece. absolutely. So, yeah. um, uh, I'd lead with a legacy piece, but hey, we'd throw in some lead generation, wouldn't we? We'd never miss an opportunity for lead generation. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So I got one final question here. So what's the best piece of advice you've ever given to uh, one of your clients? The best piece of advice I've ever given? Uh, I think... For me, it's that, well, I think there's a lot of fear that stands in the way of people uh, getting to where they want to be um, and all kinds of fears, fears of being, obviously, fear, fear, fear of failure is up there for everybody, but so is the fear of succeeding. People are scared of doing really well because it's like, oh, well, holy shit, what happens if I, my business explodes and I can't keep up and I let everybody down? or I can't, you know, manage my kids and my family and my husband leaves me. You know, there's so much that gets in our head. Um, but I just constantly think if you, when you get to the end of your life, <laughs> and I know this because I've seen this, you know, play out with my friend, how much regret will you have? That regret will, and, and you hear it all the time, but it, it's so true you will regret not trying way more than that fear you have right now. So um, I think you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to push past all that um, and always just focus on how you're going to feel at the end, that you're going to be happy with what you did with your life because it goes bloody fast and tomorrow isn't promised. I can't yeah. say that enough. Tomorrow isn't promised. Yeah. Nope, never is. All right. Well, that's that's a great advice. We may end there. But before we do that, why don't you tell the people again how they can find you? Okay. Well, I um, you can come and check me out at my website, uh, elsamitchell.com.au because I'm in Australia. And I have my own podcast, which is called Bossy Bitch. <laughs> 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 and uh, I'm on Instagram as Elsa Mitchell as well. I hang out on Instagram a lot, even though I probably shouldn't because there are way other platforms that um, give me way more leads. But anyway, I'm a sucker for the instant gratification of <laughs> Instagram engagement. Um, so, yeah, you can come and find me there. I do work online with, um, as I was saying to Brian before we jumped on, I have clients in the US now, which has been fun navigating those time differences. So, uh, yeah, come and find me that way. And I work with women in business and I have, offer a variety of different services, either in a group coaching format or one-to-one. -one. Um, but I always take a free call, as we all do, <laughs> so you can try before you buy. <laughs> right. um, yeah, so if you don't mind a little bit of swearing, and um, I'm, I'm told by the um, Americans that my accent's cute, so... <laughs> Surely well, that's, that's going to be a bit of fun. Oh, good. Good. Okay. 
Well, we're going to make that a wrap on another great guest episode for Evolvepreneur Secrets Show for Entrepreneurs with our guest, uh, Elsa Mitchell. And just before you go, if you liked it, please take a minute to give us a five-star review. And if you'd be so kind, recommend it to a couple of your friends to spread the word. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss any future episodes, go to EvolvepreneurSecrets.show. And if uh, you're an entrepreneur, until the next time, make your next great idea start today. Thanks.